Well, today being Palm Sunday, I thought it would be great if we took time to look at a passage of Scripture that talks about um, Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. So I'm going to ask you, if you will, I've titled today's message, Who is this Jesus? And I'm going to ask you, if you will, take your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 21, 21, and we're going to look at verses 1 through 11. So here we go. This is what it says. When they had approached Jerusalem, had, had come to Beth, Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied there with a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord has need of them, and immediately he will send them. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, gentle and mounted on a donkey, even on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. The disciples went and did just as Jesus had instructed them, and brought the donkey and the colt, and had laid their coats on them, and he sat on the coats. Most of the crowd spread their coats in the road, and others were cutting branches from the trees and spreading them in the road. The crowds going ahead of him, and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. When he had entered Jerusalem, all the city was stirred, saying, Who is this? And the crowds were saying, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. At the end of this passage, the people were asking, Who is this? It's a question the disciples asked when they saw Jesus calm the waves in the storm on the Sea of Galilee. They said, Who is this who calms the storms and the waves? I have that same question for you today. Who is this Jesus? So who is Jesus? Well, if we want to know who Jesus is, we've got to start with a very credible resource. So we're going to go to Wikipedia, okay? And this is what Wikipedia says about Jesus. It says that Jesus Christ is the central figure of Christianity, whom the teachings of Christian denominations hold to be the Son of God. Christians believe Jesus is the weighted Messiah of the Old Testament. Virtually all modern scholars of antiquity agree that Jesus existed historically. And historians consider the Gospels to be the best sources for investigating the historical Jesus. Christians believe that Jesus has a unique significance in the world. And Christians believe that Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit, was born of a virgin named Mary, performed miracles, founded the church, died by crucifixion as a sacrifice to achieve atonement, rose from the dead, and ascended into heaven, whence he will return. Christians believe Jesus enables humans to be reconciled to God and will judge the dead either before or after their bodily resurrection at the second coming of Jesus. 
Christians worship Jesus as the incarnation of God, the Son, the second of three persons of the divine trinity. Actually, for Wikipedia, that's not too bad, is it? I mean, it gets a lot of stuff right, and other stuff is like, oh, okay, you could say more, but it's not too terrible. But let's go to a much better source than Wikipedia, shall we? What does the Bible say about who Jesus is? Now, in the passage look, go back, that we looked at today, we'll go back to verse 9, and look at verse 9 again, and it says, the crowds went ahead of him, and they were following and shouting, Hosanna! And what does Hosanna mean? Hosanna means, Lord, save us now. We'll talk about, we talked about that during worship as well. They were saying that Jesus is the Messiah. And they were saying that salvation was found in him. When they were saying and shouting Hosanna to Jesus, that is what they were declaring. That is what they were communicating. Now, if you look back in Matthew uh, chapter 16, uh, Jesus asked this question of his disciples. He said, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Now, that was pretty cool. Peter understood that pretty well. We see these different things in scripture that declare who Jesus is. But uh, who did Jesus say that he was? Well, that's pretty good to know. We're going to look at a few passages here and you might want to write these down if you, if you can. Um, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will not hunger, and he who believes in me will never thirst. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of light, light of life. Jesus said, I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Now, it is important to look at all these things of what Jesus says he is. And why? Because I'm going to ask you probably even a more important question. You had people in the day of Palm Sunday saying, who is this guy, right? And you have uh, people wondering who Jesus was. We have what scripture says Jesus is. We have Jesus' own words as to who he is. And all that is good information, and all that is really important. But I guess the most important question that we have, and that I have for you today, is what do you say? Who do you say he is? If someone asks you, who is Jesus? Who do you say that Jesus is? Now, when we look at Scripture, and we look at all that Jesus said about himself, I believe that based on what Jesus declares to be, we only have four options as to who he is. And these are the four options here. And the first one is this, that the stories in the Bible are all legend, that Jesus is just a legend. Jesus never really existed, and all the stories of the Bible are nothing but made-up stories and fables. 
Now, even Wikipedia says Jesus really existed, and that most scholars today, actually it said nearly every scholar today, agrees that Jesus actually lived. And the best record for knowing and understanding who Jesus is, is the Gospels. So I feel like that idea that Jesus is this myth, he's this legend, we can kind of throw that off the table. Here's the second thought. Jesus was a liar. The idea that Jesus willfully spun lie after lie. He laid claim to a title and a position to which he had no right to claim. He promised to people things he knew he could not deliver. I've heard people say before that, oh, Jesus, yeah, he, he was a great prophet. And my response is, well, then why don't you believe what he says? Or they'll say he was a great teacher. Well, I don't know about you, but when I was in school, teachers that we considered great teachers were teachers who didn't lie to us. If they were teachers who lied to us all the time, we wouldn't consider them a great teacher, would we? You can't call Jesus a great teacher unless you embrace what he taught. You can't say Jesus was a prophet. You can't say all these positive things about Jesus unless you embrace what he had to say. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because if he was a great teacher, then what he said was true. And if what he said was true, you have to embrace it. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Some people may look at me or you if you say that and say, wow, you're awfully closed-minded. Jesus is the only way to heaven? I didn't say that. Jesus did. And if he was a great teacher, it must be the truth. Here's the third idea. The first idea, Jesus was just a legend. The second idea, Jesus was a liar. Here's the third idea. Jesus was a lunatic. Jesus was just nuts. Jesus was deranged and deluded, and he told stories and taught things about himself which revealed his insanity, not inspiration. It revealed that he was delusional and that he was not divine. But if you think about this for a moment, if Jesus was a lunatic, would somebody who was a lunatic go to the point of going to the cross and sacrificing himself for others? You see, when somebody's insane or when somebody is totally delusional about something, the more you talk to them, the more that delusion is revealed. But in Jesus, we see that the truth continues to be solidified through all that he says throughout Scripture. So was he a legend? Was he a liar? Was he a lunatic? Or is he Lord? If we say Jesus is Lord, we say that Jesus' promises and claims may be relied upon. He is God in the flesh. He is the God-man, the Savior of the world. Look at what C.S. Lewis says about this in his book, A Mere Christianity. And this is a little bit of a longer quote, but it's a good one. This is what C.S. Lewis says. A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on the level with a man who said he was a poached egg, 
or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God, or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool. You can spit at him and kill him as a demon. Or you can fall, on his, uh, fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. You see, friends, when you're presented with this question, and as I present you with this question today, who is this Jesus? This is the most important question you will ever be asked in your life. Because your answer to this question will define who you are. Look what Paul said in the book of Romans. He said this, If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And we're talking about salvation for all eternity. We're talking about spending eternity with the God of the universe. So our answer to this question defines who we are. Our answer to this question influences our eternal destiny. But here's something else to think about. Our answer to this question is a reflection of, uh, let me put it this way, what we do in this life and what we do each and every day is a reflection of our answer to the question. In other words, your answer to the question of who this Jesus is will show by how you live your life. Look what James says. He says this. He says, faith, if it has no works, is dead, being by itself. But someone may well say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without the works, and I will show you my faith by my works. In other words, James is saying that if our faith in Jesus is genuine, if our true answer to that question, who Jesus is, that Jesus is Lord, it will be reflected by our actions. When we say Jesus is Lord, we're saying he's in charge. We're saying you are the one who calls the shots. And you are the one who I look to. I was having a conversation with a friend recently about how people are really getting shook up by this whole uh, coronavirus thing. And people are getting really shook up and because they thought they had their futures laid out so nicely. And now they see that things are happening and that they're out of their control. But friends, what we need to realize is we were never in control to begin with. God is in control. And when we say that Jesus is Lord, I don't know about you, but that takes an awful lot of pressure off of me, knowing that he's the one in control, knowing that he's the one that is in charge, and knowing that he is the one that holds tomorrow. Understanding that and embracing that is what it truly means to know Jesus as Lord. So, we get to my last idea this morning. And it's this, this idea of drawing attention. Uh, look at verse 10 again of the passage that we were reading. It says that when he had entered Jerusalem, all the city was stirred. And they were saying, who is this? Who is this guy? What's all this excitement about? Some dude is coming into the city of Jerusalem, a major city, coming through one of the entrances into the city of Jerusalem. People come into Jerusalem all the time. In and out. 
But this guy comes walking in who most people in Jerusalem had never heard of. They didn't know who he was. That's why they were saying, who is this guy? Why is he so special? People were asking this question. And why were they asking the question? They weren't asking who is this guy of the guy who came in 10 minutes before Jesus. Or how about the guy who came in five minutes after? Can you imagine? You're coming to Jerusalem, you see all this fanfare, and by the time you get there, everybody left. Oh, well, gee, I'm glad I'm in Jerusalem too. Why were these people asking this question? They were asking this question because there was an awful lot of attention being given to this guy who was sitting on a donkey. Okay, some guy's riding in Jerusalem on a donkey. Why are people getting so jazzed about this? The attention that was drawn on that Palm Sunday caused people to ask the question, who is this Jesus? Friends, I believe this is a great example for us that we need to draw attention to Jesus. Look at what Jesus said back in chapter 5 of the, of the Gospel of Matthew. He said, let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Let your light shine. Let people see that there's something different about you. Especially right now where people are freaking out and buying toilet paper that they don't need. And people are going crazy with so many different things. I love it and I would love for people to approach you and approach me and say, how can you be so calm in the midst of all this stuff? Gosh, that's a lovely question to be asked. That's an awesome question to be asked because that shows that we are drawing attention. Not for us, oh, look at me, how awesome I am. I'm calm in the midst of a storm. No, it's not about me. It's not about us. It's about Jesus, the one who gives us peace, the one who calms the storm. So we need to draw attention to Christ so that we can give an answer. Look what it says, uh, what Peter says in the, in the book of 1 Peter. He says, sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you. I love that. Peter says, be ready to give an account for why you have hope. Why do you have hope? I have hope because of Jesus Jesus is my Savior. Jesus is my Lord. Jesus is exactly who he says he is. That's why I have hope. And Jesus says in the book of Matthew, let your light shine. And Peter takes it a step further that says, when your light shines and people go, wait a minute, what's different about you? Well, my hope and my faith is in Jesus. Well, who is this Jesus? Well, I'm so glad you asked. Let me tell you about them. Peter says, be prepared to give an answer. When people ask you that question. Don't be surprised when people come to you and ask you things like this. When they see a difference in you. When you're following Jesus with all your heart. So we finish with the question that we started with today. And that question is, who is this Jesus? It's a question that we need to answer for believers. It's a question that we need to be prepared to answer as believers. And it's a question that we need to encourage others to ask of us as we let the light of Christ shine.
As we enter into this Holy Week this week, I pray that you would be truly, truly committed to Christ and that you would live a life in a manner worthy of people asking, who is this Jesus? And that we would be ready to share with them his truth. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you for uh, your people and I thank you for the church. And I pray that as we go into Holy Week, that we would solidify the answer to the question of who is this Jesus in our own hearts. And I pray, Lord, that others would be drawn to the light that shines through us and that light being you so that we may be able to share with them who this Jesus is. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Thank you and have a blessed day.